I like them. You should check out Brew You. Good morning, friends. Good morning. I love this time. I tell you every week, but I can't help but just say it out loud. I love being with you. I love seeing your faces, looking into your eyes, give, exchanging affection, just even by just being in the same place. I love that we are here, and I think we're here because all of us at some, in some way, shape, or form kind of believe we're part of a bigger story, kind of believe that there's something bigger than us, and we're trying to make room for God in our lives. We're trying to form ourselves more around this God that we've met in the scriptures, is, who's revealed himself in Jesus, who's speaking to us through the Holy Spirit on a nonstop basis, and we get these little holy, sacred moments like this, when we just get to gather together and push pause on the chaos and remember a few things. We get to push pause on the busyness and just breathe deeply, goodness. I hope that's what you're doing. Remember that the world and the cosmos is more full of hope than despair. Light is, being over, is overcoming darkness. It's a story that we get to be a part of. I like the times like this that we get to share. We've been going through our statement of faith because I actually, what, what I've been reminded of as we've been going through our statement of faith, basing our sermons around our statement of faith, is that I think I, my life and who I am, how I live, what I think and what, I, what comes out of my mouth, it's actually a reflection of what I believe. And if I'm, when I find myself particularly grumpy and angry and divisive, when I find myself focusing on the things that I don't like about the people around me or the people in the world or politics or whatever it might be, I find that I'm believing wrong things. I, I feel like, I, I think that God's agreeing with my grumpiness, that I need to actually reorient and remember who God really is, that I worship a God who created because he wanted to share himself. That I worship a God who is fundamentally for each and every person who's alive. Can you take that in right now? That means Muslims. That means gay, lesbian, transgendered, fill in the blank. That means atheists. That means fundamentalist Baptist. That means non-denominational evangelical Christians. That means that God has recreated all people in his image and he's in love with them. We find this in Jesus. When we talk about, we've been talking through our statement of faith and we've just re been remembering what we believe. And the first thing that we talked about is that we believe that when you talk, ask this question, this ancient question that people have been asking for thousands of years, since people have been thinking about God, they've been asking this question, who's in? Who's in? Who's included? And religious people like us, we often fixate on who's out more than who's in, right? We like to think about that. We like to talk about that. But what we find in the scriptures, particularly in the gospels, is that Jesus, this one who, who, who the scriptures say reveals God in all of his fullness, Jesus 
by the way he lived, and by the way he spoke, he seemed to, 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 to say that everyone's included. That all people, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you look like, no matter what your background, you're just, everyone's included. And the religious people hated it. It drove the religious people up the walls, people like you and me. But we find in Jesus what we believe, a fundamental thing about what we believe. And you might want to know this if you're new to Bruce City Church. Those doors are welcome, open to every single person. No matter what you believe, if you believe like us or if you don't believe like us, if you live like us or you don't live like us, no matter anything about who you are, you're loved and you're included here in this place because of what we find in Jesus. That's fundamental to what we believe. And then we just started working our way through the scriptures and finding that what we believe is that we believe that creation, the cosmos, the universe, our existence and reality is not accidental. We believe that it's very intentional, that the universe and the cosmos have been filled with purpose. And that purpose is that we have a God who's just inherently exists in relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they just had to share themselves. They were, it, felt, it feels like they were compelled in Genesis 1 and 2 when you read the creation account. We read that creation has been filled. When you read through Genesis 1, you find that words of blessing and goodness, God looking at what he was created and declaring it to be good. He looked at what he was creating and saw that it was good. Over and over again, it's this liturgical, liturgical uh, phrase, he looked and saw that it was good. He looked and saw that it was good, and then he blesses it over and over again. So we find that what we believe is that goodness and blessing are foundational to the universe. We find that relationship is what we've been created in the image of and in the light of, and we've, so that means we've been created for relationship. This is what we believe. Then if you go further in the story, we talked about Genesis 3 last week, and the fall of mankind is what, if you look in the heading over, the, over Genesis 3, it'll say the fall of man in your Bible. And what that simply means is that was the moment where humanity decided that they can't trust their father. We find in Adam and Eve's story, we find my story and your story where we decided that God's not for us anymore. Have you had moments like that where you've wondered that? If you have, that's your story in Genesis 3. And we find in sin, in our sin, we find shame introduced and we find guilt introduced. We find the story of hiding. Does that resonate with anyone? We find in these first three chapters of the Bible so much of our story. And then we talked about how in the Old Testament, as the story plays out, we find this amazing story of pursuit. A story of pursuit, a story of uh, humanity, and it's personified in Israel in particular. This people of Israel who really, their story is our story, humanity's story of running from God, a story of rebellion, a story of sin, a story of rejecting the God who's providing for them, who's loving them, who's, who's caring for them, and they worship other gods. The scriptures are the story that's filled with tragedy, filled with heartache, but it's filled with this God who refuses to take no for an answer. How about that? 
And what we find is that we're coming in the statement of faith to the best part, the part where we get to talk about Jesus and all that Jesus is and all of who, what, what he means and all of what he brings. We're going to talk about what we believe about Jesus. And as I was preparing this, this Sunday for this message, I thought, you know what? All the things that I want to say, I got a friend who says them better. Joe Stanky is a guy that if you've been around Bruce City Church any length of time, you've heard his name because I love him and because he's, I see him as my spiritual father, my pastor, and um, he's also has, a, has influence in this church family. He kind of oversees and, and uh, assists and gives wisdom and guidance to our elder team, to our leadership. He's also part of the uh, leadership of 24-7 Prayer International and the Boiler Room Network, which we're a part of. So it's really fun to be able to have Joe at my disposal, to be able to call him on a Friday, two days before a message, and say, Joe, could you preach for me? So that's what I did on Friday, because Joe has this really beautiful picture of Jesus and all his fullness and how he brings us into the life of the Trinity. The story of what we believe, you're going to hear it in dramatic story presentation from Joe. So let's, let's welcome Joe Steinke. Come on up, Joe. I was... You skipped the... Oh, you want me to read what we believe? Yeah, do you mind standing here while I read that? Do you want to do that? I, I would. Okay. I think they would appreciate that too, everyone I'm, else. I'm going to sit down while you do that. Okay, okay. all right. <laughs> that was anticlimactic. <laughs> Let's read through our statement of faith, the part that we've come to. And if you remember, there's no bullet points in our statement of faith. It's a story because that's what we find in the scriptures. So it says, after the fall, the more the story goes on, the further we find God's people straying from his purposes for them. I'm going to encourage you to think about the scriptures as I'm reading through this, because it's straight from the scriptures, and think about your story as I read through this. The more the story goes on, the further we find God's people straying from his purposes for them. We find the roots of idolatry, oppression, injustice, and indifference to injustice and oppression, digging deeper and deeper into the hearts of God's sons and daughters. Although their father is constantly waiting for them to come back to him and repent of their sin, his children continue to walk further away from him. However, God's commitment to his dream will not be overcome by human sin and death. Praise God. God will overcome them in the most beautiful way imaginable, in himself. In one beautiful moment in Bethlehem, the world was forever changed. This is what we believe. Jesus Christ was born. In the scriptures, God said that, Je said that Jesus was fully God and fully man. The creator takes on sinful flesh in order to heal humanity from sin and death once and for all. In Jesus, we see the fullest revelation of who God is. In Jesus, we see who God really is. In Jesus, we find what humanity was created to be. In Jesus, we find life. In Jesus, we find ourselves. God came to earth in Jesus Christ and announced the coming of his glorious kingdom, the kingdom of God. He couldn't stop talking about it. In Jesus, God was making all things new again. He made a new creation in Christ. In one fell swoop, sin and death were swallowed up and overcome for once and for all in Jesus. In Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we believe that he conquered death and set us free from sin. In Christ, God redeemed and saved his beloved sons and daughters. And he loves to give this new life to any and all that believe in him 
and receive his gift of life. This, friends, is what we believe. Joe, can you come and tell us a story? <laughs> it's great to be back in the house uh, of Bruce City with uh, friends that have become family. Uh, I've known Randy and Sarah and the core community here for years. Um, just moved back to Wisconsin seven months ago from Kansas City, so uh, I was welcomed on my birthday, January 30th, with the coldest day of the year, you know, so. Um, but I'm, I'm a good Wisconsin blue blooder. I like getting out in it and hiking and snowshoeing and all that stuff, and uh, I have to watch uh, that I don't get frostbite on my big schnoz, my nose, uh, because it sticks out so far. But uh, anyway, beyond those things, I'm going to share with you this morning just a really good, uh, short, inspirational uh, preach. I'm more of a teacher. I love to facilitate conversation. I love to do Socratic discussion. I love to do prayer. I love to sit in the presence of God with people to, to, to kind of ruminate and marinate in, 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 the, in this conversation. But on a Sunday, this probably just requires an inspirational-like throwdown. So you ready? All right, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. So, um, you know, this idea of, of God coming to us and sharing himself perfectly with us was, a, was something that I came to know when I was a... a a rascally teenager. Um, I had a, uh, an encounter with Jesus that happened in my dad's classroom where um, they were studying the prodigal son story in a Bible study after school, back in the day when you could do this still in public schools. And, uh, and the story came around to me and I broke down because I was in a season that I was uh, not living in light of uh, a relationship with Jesus but knew better. And my dad was hosting the, the Bible study, correcting papers because he was a high school teacher while these senior girls were running the Bible study. So it comes around to me and, I, and it hits me and I, I'm, I'm trying to confess my way through this moment like uh, just casually like, well, you know, this is what the God means to me and the prodigal son coming home. And then all of a sudden I went, and that prodigal son is me. <laughs> they started to bawl. <laughs> right there and cry. And all of a sudden I felt around my neck this, this big arm, this familiar arm kind of come alongside my neck in the smell of skin bracer. My dad's familiar cologne and his cheek against mine and this hot whisper in my ear. He said, Joey, you know I love you no matter what. So my born-again experience with the Spirit of God was my biological father announcing in my ear my belovedness beyond my behavior. And I got the gospel imprinted by experience, right? And this is what Jesus is coming to announce to us, is he wants to get, he wants to get so close and announce to us in whispering in our ear, your belovedness in the Father's heart, and then that being poured out within your experience, inside your broken humanity, inside your disorientation and whatever's going on, by the communion of the Holy Spirit announcing to you, you're, 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 you've come home into the heart of God the Father, 
and he, he has chosen you in his son. And now he's poured out the spirit of adoption upon you, by which from deep within you, you cry out, Abba, Father. So this deep thing inside my gut at 15 years old had such a longing to know God, but I still felt like it, I, I was a functional deist in my, my devotional life. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, God's out there, I'm here, I've got to somehow ascend to God to get in touch with him, you know? Like, I'm going to lift up in, in some way to just, like, find God. So my way was I, I lay down on the living room floor of this great room with these big windows, and you could see the stars out in the sky, and I put on this old LP of the best of Bach, right? You've all done this, right? Where you lay on the floor and you just go... You, 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 you let your mind and your imagination and your heart lift up into some beautiful moment that you're trying to let yourself connect with God. And I just keep running with my mind into the universe and into the darkness and into the eternal nature of the being of God. And, it, and my longing was trying to connect with God in an intimate way. Well, fortunately, after that, I read the book of John... <laughs> And John was awesome because he talked about Jesus and Jesus talked about himself and the work of the Holy Spirit that, that it's better that he would go away and send the Holy Spirit to me that it would dwell within me and share the intimate fellowship of the Father inside my experience and he would cleanse me and heal me from within my experience because that's what the incarnation was about. Let me give you a little theology here. Randy was talking about this idea of uh, God coming inside of the nature of our experience and the story unfolding in the Old Testament where it's mostly about God's interest in a covenant with a people called Israel and God choosing them not because he needed a special uh, little people to dote on in the world, but they were to be a prophetic sign, an announcement to the world. This is how I want to be amongst the people if they let me be the one who governs and is situated at the heart of everything about a people. This is my domain of the righteous rule that I want to bring in the ordered household of my family is going to live in this way. And so I'm going to bring myself into the middle of these people. And even though they're going to be rebellious, they're not going to walk in my ways perfectly. They're going to stray. They're going to find other idols. They're going to be what humanity is. They're going to put on display in a microcosm and a micro story that's going to be everybody's story, right? And so in the middle of this, God says, I will be your people, or you will be my people, and I will be your God. And I'm going to set myself in the middle of your camp, <laughs> and you're going to deal with me. And so God comes to deal with the conflict that's in humanity by, by wrestling with the heart and soul and purposes of Israel. And he sets, a, he sets a sanctuary for his presence at the heart of the people so that as they come into the presence of, of, of God, they start to recognize that all of life is 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 circling around the presence of God shared with us. And this is God's purpose in creating us, is to share himself with us inside our daily, everyday stuff of life. And that the whole of our life is a, is a, 
uh, a beautiful choreography around the presence of Christ shared with us inside our daily life that we live this out. And so Israel is a, is a place of what, what some theologians would like to call the womb of the incarnation is the people of Israel, putting on display, this is my intention, but your brokenness is, is, is gone astray and I'm going to heal you from within. And all the prophets start to speak out this, this foretaste, this, this, this forecast of, of, of the intentions of God's heart to be a lover like a husband is to a bride, to be a father like, like, like a, a father is to a child and raise them up into maturity. You have this announcement of the prophets speaking to Israel and forecasting there will be one who will come and his name will be you know, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, the righteous God, and he will save you from your sin, and he's also going to share perfectly inside your experience his presence inside uh, the darkness of humanity to heal it from within and bring it forth as this glorious people, the family of God, filling the earth with the glory of God. This is the, this is the eternal purpose in the Trinity having worked out in the incarnation, but Israel's the womb by which the, uh, God comes and in, 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 uh, brings forth the heavenly seed of the Son of God in the womb of this story of Israel. Are you, are you getting this? So as that happens, Jesus comes, but as he comes into uh, the manger that we just celebrated over Christmas, this incarnation, there's something in, in the incarnation that changes everything. We like to highlight much of our discussion about uh, the gospel and about our understanding of Jesus Christ happens to be a major, really important event, which is called the cross, right? So a cross also is mostly the, the primary Christian symbol. But theologians for years have said that the primary apex of history was not the cross of Christ. That was an inevitability that he had to go through. But the apex of history is the incarnation, because the incarnation of God inside human flesh, walking among, growing up, walking amongst us, preaching the, the way of the kingdom, living out a righteous life in front of us, and then, and then going through the brutal death. Uh, rejection and mocking and scorn of the rage of humanity against God himself to nail him to a tree of the most gruesome torture instrument of death that has ever been created so that all of humanity could recognize forever this is who we are towards God. And yet he opens his mouth and with his arms open says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing because I'm bringing them into your arms and I'm going to share everything of our inheritance with them. And this is, this is why Jesus had to take up a human body to heal us from within our brokenness, to share inside of our experience. The writer of Hebrews said that, that Jesus became a sympathetic high priest because he knew the sufferings of what it meant to be human. There's nothing inside the darkness of humanity down to the lowest, grossest thing that Jesus hasn't taken up in himself and put to death and then resurrected under the power of God and then ascended to the right hand of the Father and then the purpose of the eternal purpose of the Father is somehow now uh, 
consummated in Christ's communion at the right hand of his Father, and he says, now that inheritance and that cleansing and that healing and that reconciliation of all things unto me, I'm giving to you. This is the gospel. And now it's better that I go away because I am going to send the person of, the, of God, the Holy Spirit, to come and drench the earth with a baptism of the Spirit. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, I'm preaching myself happy now. <laughs> that he comes, to, that's why it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Not just the kind of like, oh, I got a little alignment in my life to live a little better. Like I got my, my personal Jesus in my back pocket on my devotions, and he's going to help me live out my day today. <laughs> this is an immersion experience. This is a baptism of love and forgiveness and power to live a righteous life that I can't inside this depraved body of flesh. Who's going to deliver me? Thanks God. Thanks be to God that Jesus Christ has delivered me and he sent the spirit to empower me beyond anything I can do. There's only one true believer. If you're talking about a statement of faith, there's only one true believer in the goodness of the father and it's not you or me. His name's Jesus. But thank God he's not out there somewhere, impersonal, deist, looking upon us, hoping we get our you-know-what together. But he's actually sent the Spirit down to be amongst us to say, you're not alone. I'm sending the counselor, the comforter, the parakletos. The, the Greek word is the one called alongside to cling to you and help you from inside your experience. And I'm going to share that life that we have with you because the life of God is a trinity of persons that has generosity and love and, and interest and intimacy flowing through the three members of the trinity. And you know what the, the ancient church fathers that were figuring this out in the second and third century as they were working on who is, who's Jesus Christ and what does this mean? Do you know what they called that? The trinity's shared love and shared communion. What's it look like I'm doing? Looks like I'm dancing. That's exactly what they called it. It's a Greek word called perichoresis. Peri, right? Circumference, the perimeter. Choresis. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm so excited I'm spitting up here. <laughs> perichoresis, the divine what? The divine dance of God that has been always their pleasure to say, please come join the choreography of love that we share, this is your inheritance now. This is why you've been created in the image of God. This is why you have such a, a sense of desperate, lonely longing inside you that cannot be satisfied by anything but the presence of God by the power of the Holy Spirit invading your being and then living out of that space. That is what God is offering to us in the gospel. And this is why Jesus came for sure he came to cleanse us from all our shen sh shenanigans. Boy, I caught that one. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm teasing you. I wouldn't have never said that. But he cleansed us from all our shenanigans. Just seeing if you're awake. And, but more than that, it's not just like uh, cleansed from, 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 from our sin but receiving a kingdom that will have no end and, 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 and being the, the ambassadors that bring forth the righteous rule and reign of God's kingdom whose king has suffered, has come down and dwelled amongst us, suffered and died to, 
taken on the lowest place that he might ascend to the highest place and fill all in all. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. See, it just, it, it, it needs like sound effects. Words don't work after a while. All right. So, the eternal purpose of the Father in Christ Jesus is not just to bring us into the world or into existence, but it's to bring us to his house. Come to my home. Out front, it says what? Welcome home. Is that because, is that you know, this building is such a cool place that, you know, let's call this home? Or is it, what's the first invitation? Is it come home because Bruce City is such a loving, happy family and loves everybody, everybody's included, you know? Is that, is that what the, the homecoming is? Or is, it, or is it the gospel where Jesus himself opens his arms and says, come home to the embrace of the Father, like, a, like, like cheek to cheek in a hot whisper in your ear. And I don't think he smells like skin bracer. But come home to this, my beloved daughter, my beloved son. Let me share with you every good thing that we want to give with you. He brings us to his home, to his table, to conversation, to face-to-face fellowship with him. And then we get, we get that hunger, that, 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 uh, that desire for life, that desire for intimacy, that desire for connection, that desire for meaning and purpose. Some, some of the things that, that are just hungry inside of us get met in the person of Jesus Christ, mediated and, and sent and filled out in our experience by the person of the Holy Spirit. This is the primary priority of God, and this is the good news of the gospel. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, who can know the heart of the Father? Well, praise be to God, Jesus does But he also shares that knowledge of the Father's heart with us. One of the ways that we're going to just participate in this is in the place of prayer. I'm going to just, uh, we're going to sit with two prayers this morning as I close. And let me encourage you. uh, Get in touch with that hunger, that longing, something inside of you that's just not satisfied with... uh, the runabout of life, you know, the, the wandering son version of life, the, the desperate daughter version of life, you know, get in touch with what that is. It's like, this is, ah, this is hungry inside me, right? Are you with me? It's, it's, what, it's, what, a gener- it's what most of a generation is tra- channeled into just sex, are you with me? Just this raw whatever. I, I'm going to channel that thing and that, that, that kind of connection. But God has designed us as holistic beings inside these beautiful bodies to sanctify every desire and bring it into this purposeful flourishing and generative uh, 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 abundance that's being given to the world. 
right? And so get in touch with that. And I would say one of the best places to get in touch with that is to go and find a way to get silent and quiet until all the noise That might take you three days. <laughs> and you might need to cash your phone in for a while, right? To not meditate and mediate all your life off of a little device, but to set those things apart, open your hands and go, God, I don't even, I can, I'm not even in touch with the longing of my heart, but would you meet me here? Because you promised to share something deep within me, and I ain't, I ain't feeling it. I'm not, I'm not there. I want to open myself up to this. Would you do that with me? The best place I know to do this is in the place of prayer. And sometimes it takes great silence to settle it down and the noise to go away. For you to get in touch with your heart, to get in touch with the deep sadness that's inside of you and be honest about it. And then open your hands and go, God, meet me here by your son inside my experience. So here's a couple of prayers that might be door openers for you, okay? Take a deep breath. If you'd like to close your eyes and just listen to me pray this out, uh, that's good. That's fine. You can, if you, if you're comfortable, you can open your hands and set them on your, your lap. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, beloved, eternal, and faithful Son of the Father, incarnate. Have mercy on me in my darkness. Would you grant to me that which I do not have in myself? Faith, hope, and love. Share with me your knowledge of the Father's heart that I might know your confidence, your passion, your joy, and your peace. Would you pour out your spirit upon me that I may be of service to you in your liberation of the human race. Amen. Here's another one. Lord Jesus, your heart is so true and so passionate and you refuse to camp out on the frontiers of our darkness and watch from a distance. You crossed all worlds to be with us. You'd enter in, you entered into our world where we cannot see your Father. I love you for your determined and courageous heart, for your unwavering, irrepressible desire for us to see your Father with you, to know him as you know him, and to live in the joy of his, his embrace as you do in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. It's all so simple, but we are so blind. Would you help us break through our dark legalism and see this beautiful reconciliation that you have worked out inside your own experience? You are our faithful and merciful and experienced high priest, and we bless you for your steadfast heart, Jesus. Amen. So what Joe has just tried to dramatically explain is what we believe. What we believe is that really, honestly, 
For us, Jesus is simply everything. In John 1, the, the apostle John, he said, no one has ever seen God. It's John 1, 18. No one has ever seen God. The, the interesting thing is that people did see God. Moses saw God on the mountain pass before him. The Israelites saw the presence of God. There's numerous occasions in the Old Testament where people see God, but what I think John is saying is no one's ever seen God like this. Mm-hmm. See, because in Jesus, we see fully and beautifully who God is. And so what we believe is that, is that Jesus reveals who God is. We believe that Jesus reveals what being a human being really is created to be and who we're created, how we're created to live. We believe in Jesus, we find purpose and meaning. Human beings are on this pursuit of purpose and meaning, whether it's in money, whether it's in your career, whether it's in romance, sex, love, family, children, things, you fill in the blank. But we believe that the only place you'll ever find purpose, where you'll ever find meaning, the only place is in this person named Jesus. Because he reveals fully and beautifully who God is, who you've been created to be. The only place you'll ever find freedom from your sin and addiction and shame and guilt. The only place you'll ever find freedom and liberation from the slavery and bondage of sin is Jesus, that he's come to actually save us from ourselves. He's come to save us from sin, and in Jesus, we find ourselves. This is what we believe, and it's dramatic, and it makes you cry a little bit sometimes because you find what you've been created for in this man named Jesus, and he's looking to encounter us at every single moment. He's looking for us to receive the goodness that he has for us. Do you remember in the Gospel of John when Jesus says, my peace I give to you? It's not just any peace that he gives, it's his own peace that the, 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 the divine word of God, the creator, the one who spoke the cosmos into existence, he says, my peace I'm giving to you, you have access to it now. When he talks about the way we live because of Jesus, he says, my joy I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives you. This is in John 15, but I'm giving you my own joy. You get it now. You have access to it. So saying yes to Jesus means saying no to the chaos around us. It means saying no to bitterness and anxiety. It means saying no to anger and dysfunction and disorder in the world. This is what we believe is that Jesus delivers us from all that stuff that plagues us. This is our story and this is what we believe. And I've asked Grace this morning. We usually, we have this liturgy that we do. It's two songs after the message and then we're done. I've asked for an extra song this morning because I knew that we were just gonna preach ourselves into a place of worship. I knew that when you talk about Jesus, there's only one thing you can do after you talk about Jesus, and that's just proclaim who he is, the beauty and goodness and power that's in the name of Jesus, that sets us free, that gives us meaning and beauty, fills us with wonder. It's the name of Jesus. So let's stand and proclaim in this room to ourselves, to our stories, to one another in this city that needs it so desperately. Let's proclaim who Jesus is. We also have friends back there who would love to pray for you. I've talked to a number of you who need some prayer. Go back and get some prayer from some friends. They're wearing these badges, these name tags. 
And let's fill this place with worship for this God who's revealed himself in Jesus.